Download the Cliff Central app. Available now on the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Hey, welcome to the Futurology Show right here on Cliff Central. You've got B2 running the desk today because B1 has decided to take a holiday. But he's with us on Skype. So how you doing, B1? I'm good and you, thanks. Are you good. How's the weather down there, bro? Uh, no, it's good. Um, Saturday wasn't so great for the July, but uh, we're all good now. We're wearing shorts and t-shirts, uh, just like you are up there. Uh, so you're hobnobbing it with all the social lights down there, bro. <laughs> oh. Actually, I have to give a big shout out before we even go further. Oh, yeah? I'm sitting at Zappa's office oh, cool. um, in, in Amschlange. You want the bandwidth. the connectivity. <laughs> no, 100%. Um, I didn't uh, trust the connectivity that we had back where I was. Um, so I reached out to the guys and I said, you know, need a bit of a favor. And they were like, yeah, of course, pull in. So I'm sitting in this glass cubicle in yeah. someone's office. Oh, cool. um, I don't know if he or she was booted, but um, hopefully you guys can hear me as well as I can hear you. <laughs> yeah, we can hear you well. Uh, we've got a guest in studio, just so I don't feel too lonely. We've got Mr. Jono. Awesome. Wiggly. Wiggly. <laughs> Everybody always looks at that word going, what? <laughs> Say what now? It's just German, <laughs> actually. Jo- Jono Wiggly is with us. and Wiggly. Wiggly, <laughs> yeah? Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's, 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 we're making history on the uh, Futurology show. We've got uh, Brett to Brett and a guest that isn't Brett, uh, which, is, which is useful. <laughs> cool. But before you, you, know before you start up. First. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so before you start off with all your... Uh, app of the day and all that uh, B1, I'd like to just put a call out. We are going to be talking about the future of medical technology today. There is so much happening, and the guys on the Gareth Cliff Show this morning were all talking about the singularity and a whole bunch of stuff that's uh, been happening in the last couple of weeks, and uh, we figured, why not let's look at the future of medical technology. Some really interesting developments there. If you've got any thoughts, our number here is 0861 Otherwise, you could also just tweet us at cliffcentral.com. Hashtag Futurology. Over to you, B1. Oh, come on, you didn't give me a chance to say hashtag Futurology. Like you normally say when I say the numbers. Okay, we'll do it again. So yeah. you can tweet us on at CliffCentral.com. Uh, hashtag Futurology. <laughs> Thanks, B1. Better late than never. Eh? Shot, bro. So, app of the day, what do we got? All right. So, as usual, even though I'm sitting in the nice warm weather, um, my app of the week is an app called Layout. Now, it's definitely not new, but obviously with the last few weeks, I think you've noticed I've been looking at a lot of photo apps. Um, last week, we did that Melvich, which was that whole art app. Um, yeah. Hopefully, you saw some of my, my yeah, masterpieces. The guys were using it in the office Casas. after I got back. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, so what Layout does is it was made by Instagram, and um, it lets you put more than one picture into your Instagram post. Now, people might say, well, why? You're busy filtering and everything else. Now, a perfect reason for that is one of the one of the filters that I applied using Melvich, which was last week's app, um, it had no reference point without seeing the original picture. And with Instagram, you can only put one picture at a time. Yeah. So this way, I was able to actually merge the two pictures together. You can do top, bottom, left, right, more or less of one. And you could see what the original looked like and then obviously what the filtered picture had looked like. So it just gives you a frame of reference as opposed to doing two posts. Um, you can also use it just as a general e- editing tool in the sense of, you know, combining two or more images. So I just thought that would be a cool app to like kind of finish my whole photo journey that I've been on recently. Awesome. Um, and it's called Layout by Instagram. Excellent. But uh, it's got nothing to do with our theme today. Just an awesome no, thing. No, nothing to do with it. But I don't think my interest to the shows ever have anything to no, do with the yeah. feet, so why would I want to break the tradition Awesome. There? Thank you for your irrelevant uh, app of the day. That was really useful. Okay. But yeah, no, that's cool. But we sp- we've spoken so, about a couple of apps on uh, yeah. on medical-related stuff, and there we've, we've spoken about brands that are all oh, the, the development houses called Azumo and all those kind of things where you uh, would be able to check your heartbeat using the light and the camera on your on your phone. Now you use so, that, but this is all before wearables. Yeah, yeah, this is before wearables and stuff. So we've come a long way in yep. the last little bit. Well, that's what makes today's show so exciting because yeah. exactly what you're saying now is that Azuma, we all used to use it. I mean, I used to use it. And for the listeners, you put your finger against the camera on your phone and the flash stays on and it shines inside so that the camera can see your vein and your pulse. And it just basically gives you a, a basic heart rate measure. But 
like John has just pointed out, we have wearables. Um, you know, so the watch kind of does that for you, or the Fitbit, or whatever you need to. Um, can I can I carry on my journey of absolutely non-relevant to today's main topic discussion point? <laughs> if you have a I journey, I would ha- be happy to go on it with you. Let's talk about it. Yeah, the meander. <laughs> right. So let's. Well, I did the meander on the way down. Oh, I actually stopped to get myself some nice beers. So <laughs> oh, we'll cool. carry on meandering along. Yeah. <laughs> Bring me some. <laughs> I will do. So first of all, today is the fourth. So we oh yeah, say happy Independence Day over that side. There we go. So happy American Independence Day. Brett, we watched the movie together last yeah, week. Yeah, we were invited um, to the premiere. That was really cool. <laughs> it was cool. Um, I mean, from a visual effects point of view and everything else, I thought it was pretty sweet. Hmm. Uh, acting was a bit meh, but, uh, you know. It was nice, um, it was nice to be one of the first to watch it in the world. It was uh, pretty, the security was quite intense, but uh, it was quite, quite exciting. Have you ever been told, I mean, have you ever gone to a movie before where they have bouncers making sure you turn your phone off? Yeah, so as we walk, as we walk down, for those of you that only Brett and I know what we're talking about, this private conversation on radio is fantastic. But, uh, yeah, we were invited, we were invited to the premiere of, uh, Independence Day Resurgence and, uh, it was a resurgence. Yeah, it is. It was, uh, it was an interesting experience. And as we got to the door, there were these two big bouncers and they were like, turn your phone off now. I'm like, no, but my little one's at home and like, I don't care, whatever. Turn it off. They've Just got these. Lo- they've got these devices that actually pick up cellular signals. No ways. In the in the auditorium or in the theatre, and they would actually come to you and literally yank you out. Oh wow! You get bounced yeah. out of the premiere because okay. we were literally the first people to watch it in the world. It was quite quite wow. a, quite extreme. It was, was awesome. Cool. That's yeah, amazing. That's awesome. Cool. So we've got so, a couple of things to go okay. through, but uh, uh, no, meander, no, meander away. Well, you haven't meander. even started on, your meander. Um, <laughs> a few more minutes. So stay with America. BlackBerry have now finally been ditched by the government. It's now either an iPhone SE or the Samsung S6. Those are your two choices if you're a government employee of the United States, which is sad because Obama is the first person to be running around with his phone, his BlackBerry waving. You know, he always shows it off. Um, But what is important to remember, and the guys at BlackBerry or the CEO came out and actually said so, they make revenue from software. And in fact, the irony is that Samsung, has a, a security app called Knox, like as in Fort Knox, K-N-O-X. Yeah. Yeah. It's made by BlackBerry. So although the, ha- the hardware is not going into their hands, they're still trusting the software. I mean, it's typical bureaucracy, but there it is. Yeah. Uh, this blew my mind away. So we've been talking about Apple. We've been talking about Google and our love and all these cool things. Um, Google have just updated Maps or Earth, the combination of the two, their footage, and they're now using seven. 100 trillion pixels. So that's over a petabyte of data. That's wow. ridiculous. Now, that's insane. Yeah, it's mad. Okay, so um, that's their recent update. But, I mean, just to put that into perspective, because there's probably people sitting there, well, what is a petabyte? And, I mean, yeah, that's a 1,000 gigs. A 1,000 terabytes is a petabyte. But in normal terms, it's 700 trillion pixels. So that's 7,000 times more pixels than um, the, the estimated number of stars in our galaxy. I mean, it's, it's like mad. Wow. If each star was a pixel, it's so, 7, so a lot, a lot, more. a lot. Can we, can we just <laughs> go lot. with a lot? <laughs> right. Um, I'm nearly finished the meander. Robo lawyer. We've all heard of Robo Cop. Okay. Okay. So Robo lawyer is the first pre-installed bot. with blockchain. <laughs> No, it's saved drivers millions in turning or overturning parking tickets. It's done 160,000 traffic fine quashes and saved over $4 million. Wow. Um, and basically, it's called Do Not Pay. That's the, that's the chatbot. That's and all it. you do is you go, you tell it a story, and if it thinks it has a case, it opens the appeal, and it handles it for you. And it's all no. done. And it's free. It was a Stanford University student that put it together. Artificial Obviously, intelligent lawyers. I think that's what we've always dreamed of. <laughs> Wow. So they were, um, they were talking about that on the Gareth Cliff show this morning. They were talking about the uh, artificial intelligence and like, are we are we basically just creating our own our own e- extinction? And it looks like if if this works really well, then lawyers might be out of a job in a little while. <laughs> hey? Well, that's what you always say: is that we'll become those um, fat slabs of yep, meat exactly. sitting on Wally's table. And, and the machines will just be feeding <laughs> us because they use us for energy somehow. Technology and the depletion of human resource. <laughs> exactly. The, the mind amplifies the, the decreases. Yeah. <laughs> so for the a break. last two points I want to discuss, which, as you know, I always go to VR, but the precursor to it is Lenovo made an amazing announcement this 
freak. Yeah. There goes their first um, Project Tango phone. Remember we were talking about Project Tango um, a couple of weeks back when we looked at Google I.O.? Yeah. So it's called the Fab 2 Pro, um, and it basically will have 3D vision sensors built into it. So your AR filming and production will happen within, happen within phone as opposed to via app. So that's quite exciting for us guys yeah, here that like cool. AR and VR. And then the final little point, um, as I, I mean, every show we talk about VR, is um, NBC, the broadcaster. Unfortunately, this is only an American pay channel. And again, it's tied to Samsung, which has caused a little bit of a, a bone over there with our brothers in Independenceville. But they're going to be broadcasting over 85 hours of the Rio Olympics via VR, opening, closing ceremonies, gymnastics, basketball. Um, so they'll be putting you within the games. Literally. Yeah. That's, that's cool. fantastic. That's, I mean, that's, that's the future of sports. Yeah. I mean, how do you make it more immersive than to get VR? <laughs> like, unless you're a- actually able to get off the couch and do something, get fit enough to actually get there. So, but we can't get off the couch. We know ourselves too. And that's, we, and that's one of the, one of the reasons why we've directed the theme of the, the, the show today to be the future of medical technology because and either we're we going to go. be blobs of people. <laughs> are, you, are you finished meandering? I'm finished. I see. I brought us up to the medical show. We usually have some uh, some pretty intricate uh, hand signals when you're when when I can see you, but uh, <laughs> we don't we don't have that today. So I'm just judging on your your silence as a cue for me to talk again. Me silent. Yep, that is the problem. <laughs> so so we've got with all of the opportunities to do absolutely nothing because we've got all this in digital enablement and this convenient living that we've got through the the age of digital uh people are getting lazy is one of the arguments are we getting lazy or are we being more empowered to actually do something more because of these devices now that leads us to are we being more healthy and people are you know we're gamifying health a little bit uh but life is moving so friggin fast at the moment and the truth is that everything with it is enhancing and if you're not innovating you're not moving with the times then where are you really? And we've never really focused on the medical space. And I don't think we're going to get do it all the service it needs today. I don't think we're going to get into all the detail that we could poss- possibly get into. But if anybody's listening and you'd like to, to weigh in, we could definitely do this again as another thing. Because in our research, we have seen that there is a plethora of opportunities within the medical space that is growing tremendously. Uh, we'll touch on a few of them today. And uh, I think, guys, we've, we've, we've done some research. We've sent it around. Uh, we're going to tweet some of the links as well. But one of the things, Brett, just staying on the VR side of it, on April the 13th or April the 14th, they actually did the first live stream VR of a of an actual surgery. And uh, using the Oculus Rift and everything, uh, but I see the guys were using, I tweeted something earlier this morning, uh, they were using the Zeiss. VR one as well. Yeah, the yeah. Zeiss VR one, which is fantastic. Um, and they go on to it. What are you guys' thoughts about, do you really want to be a part of, Part of the Olympics is great, but do you really want to be a part of like, yeah, an amputation, a live amputation, yeah. or just a video? Well, a virtually well, real. Well, one of the things that now, fascinated. Like, one, I love not asking questions <laughs> and just posing questions. Like, now talk, now talk. It's your turn. One of the things that fascinated me because I'm very interested in education, and I was a national examiner at one stage in in the government. But I was like, you know, traditional education's not working. Um, how do we, how do we create a better future? And you know, putting it on putting it online like that, and it's live video streaming, etc. You're actually reinventing the way you learn, and changes the scape of education globally, and can take education to impoverished places or places where universities can't reach. Mm. And by by putting this kind of tech up there this way, um, it, I, I love the one of the trends which is rethinking the medical curriculum. Um, where medical schools will prepare uh, future physicians for a world full of e-patients and dazzling technology was the line there. But it's amazing how um, the combination of video app technology, etc., and and bringing to life something that you would not be able to do in a static textbook. Yeah, you're actually learning real time in a in a real scenario that's actually happening. So it'll revolutionize the way we train doctors. Um, that was pretty exciting for me as a future trend. Yeah. One of the guests we were going to have as well today, and uh, he unfortunately wasn't able to make it because he is so busy at the moment, it was a, a, a mate of mine called uh, Neo Hitiri, and he's got a company called Technovera, and he's just won a uh, the Hack Josie uh, Award. 
And he's found a way using uh, digital technology of some sort, a combination of great hardware chipsets and, and IoT and and just generally connecting crowdsource connectivity, uh, allowing for chronic uh, for medicines to people in rural areas to get access to their chronic uh, medication. Yeah, and uh, not just get it once, but actually get it on a repetitive thing, so they don't yeah. have to. Like catch a taxi 42, 50 kilometers, 70 kilometers away. Yeah. And wait hours and hours and hours in line for maybe ARVs or some, uh, tuberculosis, uh, tuberculosis, <laughs> uh, drugs that maybe are life saving stuff yeah. that, and they may not be there when they get there. No. So it's, uh, it's really cool. This, this idea that digital is focusing on the needs of, I suppose rather than society, let's use humanity that people are trying to overcome and we can use the new tech and the new innovation areas. Yeah. I mean, one of, that. one of the things that I find very fascinating was, was robotics in, and being mm-hmm. able to do a, an operation. I'm, I'm in the States and you somewhere in Africa and I can literally do the operation on you using robotics, which is quite fascinating. But again, for me, that solves some of, some of the poverty issues. Where you can't get the expensive hospital, you know, you can't pay for that sort of thing. Now you've got a way through digital to, to uplift and actually provide healthcare in regions that would never traditionally have gotten that. Plus education, it's, 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 it's amazing to see the future that that could be. Um, I'm pretty excited about that. For sure. So, I mean, I was just listening to what you were saying, especially with the, the robotic side, Jono. Um, if you think back to Google Glass and the glass holes, as they were affectionately called, yeah. what, what it was really designed for, and in fact, we touched on this when we chatted to Gareth the other day. If you look at the holding company of Google, which is Alphabet, their business, Google is a search company. That's what they do. They sell advertising. They, they do search, et cetera. But the Alphabet side of it is the innovation side, and medical is massive for these guys. Now, Glass was designed to do exactly what you were talking about, where a machine or even a person, like if, if that person wasn't qualified as a surgeon yeah. but understood what they needed to do in the field or in a rural environment, they could wear glass. They could connect back to a professional somewhere. Getting and instructions. could see, correct, but not even like what we're doing now, talking blind. I can't see you guys. Yeah. They had sight. And that was, what, four years ago, five years ago? They were already playing with this. I think it was just a little bit too early. Um, now – these two things kind of, I mean, they're two topics that are intertwined. You have M-Health and you have telemedicine. Now, telemedicine hasn't really started in South Africa. Your, your friend, Brett, that you were talking about that won the award, yeah. you know, what he's kind of doing is going to that kind of space now where he's, he's handling the prescription side and yeah. the drug side. But you, we need doctors that are on call, that when a kid get hurt out somewhere or a, a, a hiker falls off a mountain. Yeah. You could basically pick up the call, phone someone, and the guy can talk you through how to put a stint around his leg or, you know, how to stop the bleeding. And that's where technology becomes so awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I think anyway. I get the feeling that WebMD's days are kind of numbered. It's uh, it's just not cutting it quite (laughs) as well as it used to. And uh, the the problem with that is that they're subjective. Yes, of course. You know, it's an opinion. It's like a horoscope. What are you talking about? It's like it may or may not. It's so, so vague. It could be for anybody. What do you mean? A horoscope's not real. <laughs> Sorry to burst your bubble. Please don't, the Easter Bunny's still real. Oh, there's a few more. We'll each week we'll break one more bubble for you, Brad. But uh, yeah, that, there's a there's a saying that I heard a while back, and uh, it's it's this, this idea this this hyper searching people these uh, not not what are they hypochondriacs? They're uh, Google phobes or yeah. Google phobia. Yeah. And uh, it's it's this idea that oh I've got a symptom, so you search the symptom. Worst thing to do ever. Yeah. Don't go online yeah. <laughs> and ask Google, well, I've got this like, you know, red spot in my face and now I've got five and then later I've got seven. Like what, what's happening? Cause you will get the worst advice ever. And the, the trick here is not just uh, providing medical awareness or information through the digital space. It's about making real doctors accessible. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the thing as well. I mean, we've looked at, there's a couple of things that I want to, we'll touch on and it's uh, gamifying health. Uh, empowering patients uh, to actually have a bit more understanding of what's going into their care. Yeah. Uh, and for the most part, you don't, not many people actually go out and get a second opinion. Yeah. Most people will get the worst, will get the first opinion. Yeah. And uh, will think, oh crap, that's it. And then they probably will turn to Google thereafter. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. the problem is, you know, at, with Google, you, well, it's a solution, but with Google, you actually have a way of verifying certain things. Um, you know, back in 
ancient times, if you ate that leaf, you would die. Um, and then you would, so somebody found out, don't eat that leaf, knowledge spreads. And it's the same, it's the same principle. Um, it's just that we've got a, a way better, cooler tool to do that with. Um, so empowered patients would be, is, is pretty cool. Um, you can take that beyond in, again, into educating people that wouldn't have had even normal schooling, et cetera. Is I have some control over my own medical, um, you know, well treatment, treatment, for sure, which is amazing. So some of the things, I mean, we we are the futurology, so it's not all about tech. So we've got, (laughs) it's it's not all about tech. Tech has, tech has a part to play in a lot of the things we talk about, but let's, let's just diversify a little bit. So some of the things I'd like to go through is, and it was the top 10 medical technologies that could shape our future. It was uh, on list verse. I'll tweet it later for those of you that are listening. And those of you that are listening later, just check through the tweets. Um, the first one was an anti-bleeding gel. So usually a medical advance comes from years of high-tech budget research, and sometimes it's just sheer accident. Uh, and this is uh, where sort of – and even a small team of pioneers, they don't all need to be tech startups. They can be medical startups as well. But they found an innovative discovery, and that's what I love about this. And we, we've, we've kind of dubbed the 20, 2016 the year of innovation. And there is innovation in every single scope of life business wherever you wherever you're looking and these guys actually created a thing an anti-bleeding gel so it's a it's a cream-like substance that will instantly seal a wound and start the clotting process so you talk about those things where you say hiking in the middle of nowhere where maybe yes i do have my phone with me but i have no connectivity yeah so great technology is as good as its next best certainly ran out yes all of a sudden (laughs) you run out of tech and tech isn't necessarily going to save your life in that instance no but tech has helped to create things yes that is now allowing people to make easier life-saving decisions and be able to actually get involved in their care straight away in the middle of nowhere as well so that was one cool thing that i saw um, you guys, uh, we, we've got the list together. One, one of the things that stood out to me was yeah. um, making brain cells from urine. <laughs> yes, I saw that. That was amazing. <laughs> it was like. So was... now when I say that I'm pissed, are you asking whether <laughs> I'm just intelligent? I had a, a dose of intelligence or uh, had Do, a brain cell made from urine? Does <laughs> it actually help or are we just getting pissed? Well, I used to say, was it anything worse than being pissed off as being pissed on? But now if it's back in you. All that, all those brain cells are pissed away. I love the way it started. In a sentence we won't get to use often, researchers have turned pee into human brain cells. That's fantastic. So yeah, uh, that's why it's on the that's why it's on the Futurology show because we can say whatever we want. (laughs) Exactly. Now we're going to get through it, and we are we are on the listverse.com, and again I will uh, send the reference through on on Twitter, and uh, it goes through. It's in Guangzhou. Institute of Biomedicine and Health in China, biologists have taken waste cells from urine and modified them with the use of retroviruses to create progenitor cells. Yes, there we go. <laughs> Excellent. Which the body uses as building blocks for the brain for brain cells. The most valuable benefit to this method is that it uses it. It, it is the that the new neurons ha- haven't created because they haven't got any tumors. Am I getting this right? Tumors in any the most valuable benefit to this is that the new neurons created haven't caused tumors in any of the mice used for testing. We aren't reading. I promise this is all fine. <laughs> See, the reason we really wanted to get a medical professional to come and join us today, but trying to find any medical professional to stop doing what it is that they do for a living, yeah. saving lives, yeah. to come and actually talk to us about what yeah. they do and how they're going to hopefully do it in the future was a little impossible. So if you do find yourself with spare time, don't go and waste it on the golf course. Come sit in the studio here at Cliff Central and we'll talk about this future of medicine. Yeah, come talk to us about pea-based cells. Pea-based brain cells, <laughs> yes. How we can get them in. Do I just... Yes. Yeah, sorry. There's actually a reason for that. I mean, as you know, yes. listeners probably I don't. don't. I have quite a lot of experience in, in pharma. Okay. Um, and this has been the biggest problem in M-Health and telemedicine and the likes or anything in the digital side. It's the privacy issue. See, the problem that we have here, and it's definitely a worldwide thing, and I've actually worked on a couple of these projects, is you're not allowed to use or talk or refer to medical information or patient information. Um, and what doctors have been doing is they've been using things like WhatsApp. So you can you could be standing in a ward and you could WhatsApp your colleague and say, you know, this guy's dying um, because we put pee in his brain. Um, and basically, that's a, that's a breach. So this has been a very big problem on how to digitize medicine and anything in that field. 
And a lot of the professionals are scared to talk about it because they're also not sure whatever they say or don't say uh, and how it can be used. Yeah, cool, Red. Sure. We, we're going to take a quick ad break here on the Futurology Show. We'll be back with the future of medical technology after this. What are the most critical requirements for companies in today's business environment? Communications and technology, of course. And who better to deliver this to you than iConnect Telecoms? From internet connectivity to voice and cloud platforms to the latest IT solutions and more, iConnect ensures maximum uptime and productivity with a reliable connection as well as the necessary support and backup. Go to iConnectSA.co.za for more information. That's iConnectSA.co.za. iConnect, the one provider to manage all your communications. And you're back with the Futurology Show. So we are talking. Brett, you there? I'm there. Excellent. Cool. If anybody listening has got any medical technology input or advice or just really curious and has a great question, give us a call on 0861-555-189. Otherwise, tweet us at cliffcentral.com. And don't forget the hashtag Futurology. <laughs> Excellent. Cool. So we are talking, we're talking about some amazing stuff and I'm just going to throw it in now. There's a couple, there's a whole bunch of stuff we can go through. And, uh, the one that was being spoken about again on the, uh, Gareth Cliff show this morning. And I'm a bit annoyed that they, they, they're like kind of trancing on our territory here, but it really is quite interesting. The, uh, the the singularity. Now we touched on it when we had Gareth in studio with us last week. Uh it wasn't really planned, but it's why not? Let's talk about it. And they're putting dates to it and stuff, twenty ninety nine, and it's just around the corner and we're getting closer and closer to merging with machines. And at what point do we stop being human? At what point do they stop being machine and do Robocop. we actually need them? Yeah, Robocop, <laughs> exactly. Robocop. I mean these are things that we grew up as kids and they're, they're turning into realities. Um, the million dollar man. That's it. The bionic man. Exactly. Like, you can you jump over that? buildings. Yeah. yeah. It was a cool show. Was, yeah. I think we're all, everybody listening. I hope most of the people listening are going, what, what, what the is, heck is that? going on? What is that? Yeah. Snapchat or Google might not tell you. <laughs> but, uh, so going into bionic stuff, so we'll get into the singularity and this is sort of the, the tangent I want to take, but we've got surgical and humanoid robots. So we've got robot, robotic assisted surgery that is enhancing the skill of the surgeon and allowing for well, less invasive procedures for the patient, which is fantastic. These advanced robots will be able to perform an operation that from continents away. Now, this is where it gets amazing. So you talk about connectivity and stuff like the doctor, the specialist, doesn't necessarily have to be there. So we've got VR where you can experience what's happening. But now we've also got a surgeon plugged in thousands of kilometers away, maybe on a different continent, using this advanced robot to actually perform the surgery without actually being in the room. Yeah. So... They may never take That's over, scary. they may never take over as robots, but they're definitely there to enhance, uh, enhance yeah. and, and actually become more of an integration within the surgical team. But it's great because we talk about the, the great thing about innovation is that we've got this connection to this, this collaborative global knowledge. Yeah. This, everybody's able to plug in. You look at how Ted, this idea is worth sharing and all these yeah. kind of things start to work. And because we're working together and everybody's open to collaboration, you're able to now do Share more quicker. Yeah. So the same thing. We've got these great skilled expert hands that are able to, you know, stick a mitral valve that's been 3D printed 15 minutes ago that is uniquely fitted for this, the patient on the table. However, he's 10,000 kilometers away. Uh, this is the future of medicine that excites me tremendously. So while we can focus on the singularity, which is coming up in the next hundred years or whatever, maybe, <laughs> perhaps. Well, I, I, but I, this I, is what's happening us right now. Yeah, yeah. I love the Iron Man, um, the exoskeleton and, you know, um, prosthetics, um, is quite a massive thing going forward. For sure. Um, helping people to walk again. But the artificial intelligence that could plug into that is quite amazing, um, with what's being developed, you know? Well, that's one of the things. I mean, the, uh, if, if any of you have uh, watched the Grey's Anatomy series and stuff, they, they recently had a, a thing in, in, throughout one of their series where they were working on 3D printing yeah. organs yeah. and parts. Or bones. Or bones as well, or yes. Bones. So th- the great thing here is that they, they're taking this innovative new tech, moving it into the medical space and saying, well, this really does work because, hey, I need this. And if it's, a, if it's an organ that you're able to, to create from stem cells… yeah. Um, the nice thing is you've actually got an organ that is probably less likely to be rejected by the recipient. Yes. And a lot of the times you've got to wait for an organ to become available through tr- some tragic accident or 
something, but now you've actually got the opportunity to print it. So in terms of maybe speed, not the quickest just yet, but that technology is coming across leaps and bounds. And being able to have that opportunity is great. The other space, I'm just going to keep talking about 3D printing for now. The other space is uh, joint replacement, obviously. Now, it's we're all unique. And this is one of the things where a lot of the arthroplasty or orthopedic surgeons are all getting involved is how do we make sure that we can get a replacement joint, a knee, a hip, yeah. uh, or something that actually is perfectly suited for our patient, pri- primarily so that they can recover quicker and yeah. get, get going. But also there's adequate bone adoption and all these things. And for me, this is fascinating that they're actually, they're not just saying, hey, there's cool tech, let's go and use it. I don't think you really can afford to do that in the medical <laughs> no, space. No. But it's it really is that refinement of tech. Yeah, I, I love this along with that, you know, talk about spare yeah. parts. Um, is the artificial um, cell mimicry? He's been <laughs> but I mean, the artificial cell mimicry, where where you actually—I mean, there again, um, in terms of DNA and what you you can literally put a part in, and it's going to be adopted quickly because it's mimicking other cells, which is pretty fascinating. Um, but I think stay so, with the stay with the three D printing for a second, because someone yeah. the other day mentioned it was actually in one of the big blogs that I was reading that three D printing's on the decline. Um, it was nice when it was here, but goodbye, and, and those type of comments. But if you look at it from the medical health point of view, and exactly what we're just saying now, Brett, with regards to everyone being different, yeah. the need to get a part made that will be durable with the material that we can use, hence even our own tissue mm-hmm. that could be used as a, as the base point. Yeah, I mean, that's massive. And I don't think, you know, when and, and this is what's so great about having this show and actually sticking to futurology as what's coming as opposed to just being living in tech first. Yeah. The tech people might not be enamored anymore with 3D printing or they might have fallen out of love with it for whatever its reasons are. But when you've gone and fallen off your motorbike and broken your leg, believe mm. me, you're going to be mm. very grateful that there's a 3D printer yeah. sitting inside the hospital ready to size you up, print you a new bone in a material that will heal straight away with no cask and off you go. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, for sure. The other extensions of 3D printing, uh, the world's first wheelchair was actually, or 3D printed wheelchair was created in May this year. Well, it was a two, two year project that they've been working on, but they've actually launched it. And, uh, it's, it's quite incredible. If you think about the opportunities that it, that it gives, I mean, you can now 3D print a wheelchair, uh, which is great, but it's also, Think about being confined to a wheelchair. Say you, you weren't, say, that lucky as you came off your motorbike and you did end up uh, paraplegic. Now you're sitting in a wheelchair. Now you've literally got a, cho- a few choices to choose from. Yeah. You could wheel around in an office chair, not probably very good, but their wheelchairs are designed for people to sit in the whole time. But are they really? Yeah. These guys have actually gone and said, well, let's create the perfect chair for you. For you. That will like, fit and shape around your body. Exactly. And uh, it's... Uh. Okay, that's why you're going there. Because I was sitting here thinking, what was wrong with just going down the road and buying one? It's a lot quicker. <laughs> but okay, now I'm with you. <laughs> and along with that, they could have um, electric underwear. <laughs> oh, yeah, I saw that. That was weird, that. Well, it's bed sores. I mean, think about when you're lying in hospital forever. But, but that's when you read what it's about. But like you're- Electric underwear, it, it brought me back to CES. So one of the things that was launched in CES was this literally this cross-continental sexual engagement thing that, that could now be done. And like, I was like, what's happening? But now the future look, of medical electric underwear. Exactly. <laughs> Getting you to places you never thought you could go without leaving your room. Sorry, sorry. Let's, let's, let's not lose point. Stay let's focus. Stay focus. Stay focus. Red, 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 red. <laughs> let's finish this electric underwear because we've left everybody in the wrong tangent. <laughs> Electric underwear is great for. Well, it's basically and it it causes blood circulation. So you know when you're lying in, in like the hospital, the way you're thinking. it's like one of those ab <laughs> things. Actually, this is just going from bad to worse. So it stimulates the muscles. Yes, it stimulates the muscles. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, you get bed sores for lying in the same place for too long, and you don't get blood circulation, and and, the skin and people sore. are dying. I mean, they reckon yeah. in the states that sixty thousand exactly. people are dying from bed sores or resulting infections. Exactly. And that's, let's just stop there for a second. Okay. Imagine let's, let's going stop. up to heaven, and like you're standing in the queue to get in, like you got your passport or whatever it is you take with you, and Saint Peter says to you, like, "Why are you here?" And I confront you. It's like, "Oh well, I, well, I didn't have electric underpants." <laughs> <laughs> and the guy behind goes, I died from a bed sore. I mean, really? <laughs> Do you want to, you could just see him standing in the canteen to and avoid the, oh, avoid the embarrassment. <laughs> so just to bring it back to a little bit more somber note, 
Technology is great, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. So, there was the 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 not test driver of the driverless Tesla car recently was killed yeah. in a freak yeah. accident. What if you were the test recipient of the electric underpants, and they went, <laughs> it went, it went all wrong? I'm just saying, like, I don't like the first person to ever eat a prawn in their lives. Like, what was what were you thinking? Like, okay, try these on and just see if you survive the night. Thanks. Um, <laughs> but there are there are there are ways that work and ways that don't, and it's it's very very unfortunate that the the not test driver of the driverless car at Tesla uh, that there was an accident. Yeah, and uh, it's brought about a lot of questions around the safety of driverless vehicles. But when you look at the few driverless vehicles that are actually around at the moment, I suppose the uh, the ratio is probably still better than the amount of cars that are out. Yeah being manually driven. Well, they so, said that they, they reckon they did 94 million miles um, before they've had a fatality in a driverless car. Yeah. Uh, if we drive from Joburg to Durban on the Easter weekend and we kill thousands of people. So, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. you know, you kind of, I wouldn't be too panicked about one death. I mean, it's, it's cuck, but yeah. I wouldn't be too panicked about <laughs> yeah. it. It's a little Just annoying. A little. The end of the te- yeah, but it's not the end of the technology. There were guys yeah. coming... There was another radio show where the guy was saying, oh, well, that's it. You know, the, the it's finished. I got what? news. Road death. I'm 28. Road death, yeah. They no, come. what? You know, the cars are here. Yeah. So, but that's the thing. So we've got technology that's improving or trying to keep us safer so that we don't need medical technology to get in the way. Yeah. But yet this technology that we think is there to save us or yeah. make us safer is is still having accidents. Because there's always that that unforeseen. Yeah. I've actually got a friend who who's developed an an app called Crash. Red light, Di- Jono. You've got no friends. I totally do, man. This guy's cool. <laughs> I'm here. I'm your friend, Jono. Oh, thanks, Red. Oh, there we go. <laughs> but um, but uh, it's he's developed. He's brave this- when he's in Durban. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's far away. <laughs> yeah, long way away. <laughs> <laughs> By the sea. Um, but he's developed an app called Crash Detect, which is it's basically you know it it um I don't know how. Fully, I don't fully get it yet. That's what IP is so valuable. Exactly, but I mean, it, it picks up the impact that the you know it's on an app on your cell phone, and, and it'll automatically notify, um, like you know, all the people relevant, um, medical aid, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and they'll all be there on the scene. All the guys that you're thinking, you know, when you're in an accident, who do wow. I call? What do wow. I do? It automatically does that. And it's pretty fascinating um, app that one. That is cool. That's very good. And obviously, it positions you as well using your phone's GPS. The immediate immediate response emergency response i mean you may be like half dying and not be able to say anything to anyone and this will do it automatically for you mm. oh, that is quite cool brett we have to get him in devil chat about that and yeah, pick his sure. brains. yeah yeah cool thanks Jono. <laughs> uh, that actually won an award good. on the venture recently oh, really um, yeah that's okay. cool excellent yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have that up chat. plus so, he was an ex-mr south africa so he'll be happy that i gave him a shout out <laughs> <laughs> well, so, unfortunately, it's a radio show. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> we can't really see him. Yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll make sure that the, the photo's uh, <laughs> representative. One cool thing is, is gamification. Now, gamification has been a, a process yes. or a, a tech process that's come across uh, in the last little bit. And uh, it's really helped with not just incentivizing performance levels of, of uh, employees and workspaces or just general thing. I mean, if you look at how new games are, everybody sort of get, get the badge, get the rank. Uh, you know, this this social peer pressure you yeah. get to share your results and how, how you progress through a game yeah. that it makes sense that this starts to lead itself into medical care because i went and saw my 80 something year old grandfather in the, the uk yeah and he gets this long list of prescription medicine that he has to take daily and 80 year olds are not the best <laughs> at remembering these kinds of things either but and it's probably Especially not the right thing but if, if there was something that they said right this is what you're doing now it's probably better for us at home to say, right, granddad's actually taking his medicine because we can see that he's moving through the rank and he's actually ticking off the boxes. Definitely. Um, and you maybe you link it to a machine inside the Frailke institution or inside the, the retirement homes where they actually have to push the buttons and it releases the, the, the medicine. Yeah. And if it doesn't, it can escalate the fact that they're not taking the medicine. So yeah. It's one thing to say, here's a box, take one a day. They yeah. don't do it. So they're working this idea to... And they reckon that there's an estimated 50% of patients with chronic diseases who don't follow the prescribed treatment. Yeah. So gamified, gamified health tracking creates an environment that keeps the patient from straying uh, yeah. from the appropriate therapy path. And that's great. So there's a guy, uh, Dr. Mesco, who uh, 
we will credit in this. And he talks all about how the future of medicine will involve complex interactions between man and machine. Yeah. And I think the important thing to know, machines don't yet think for themselves. Yeah. They need to have some level of process. Artificial intelligence is not yet a full reality. And (laughs) yes, we might have contextually aware devices and Google are doing great things. But, (laughs) you know, I've once seen one of those, uh, we were shooting a commercial for uh, a, a perfume brand. And we used one of those tracking robots. Yeah. And we said, right, you're going to start here and you're going to slowly move the camera all the way around this, this intricate structure or statue of all this glass perfume, probably oh, hundreds of thousands of rands worth of perfume. Sure. And it was going to start at the bottom, go all the way around in one continuous, beautiful shot and get to the top. And that was great. And we got one rehearsal off. And then the engineer said, well, let's go back. We're ready to, for another take. Yes, do. And we reset. This thing went straight through the middle of oh the entire gosh. glass thing because the quickest way from end to first oh is a straight line. Yeah. So <laughs> there's, there's great things that the robots and stuff can happen, but ultimately we need to make Still sure that there's the human component. Engage comp- and that's yeah. what we always say. You, they're amplifiers. They're yeah. not replacements for humans just yeah. yet. Well, the cool thing about gamification is it's, is its own motivation. So, um, it's statistically proven. And I mean, if you've ever played any games on your app or your phone or whatever, yeah, you know, it's, it's addictive <laughs> as well. So gamification, sure. even in the workplace is becoming quite a big thing. Exactly. Angry um, birds. Yep. Angry birds. <laughs> so, know, so it definitely motivates you as a, as a patient to stick to your thing, you know, yeah. and you could even have like, playing against other patients or <laughs> there's a whole lot of fun <laughs> look fun. how healthy i am today yeah. <laughs> i'm walking are you well dis- <laughs> i mean discovery's already doing that in the rewards thing you know so no exactly yeah. and that, i mean it, it's taking that level of engagement because that's where society is moving yeah you've got to be i mean that's the sort of rule of digital engagement and you're you're a you're a guru on customer satisfaction and, and, and experience. employee experience yeah and uh we've got to talk about how to reach the people yes. and ultimately you have to be where the people are yes and if it means that it's at the end of their hand yes. because they're holding a ubiquitous piece of technology yeah that's where you've got to be now one of the apps that i probably should have thought about today is one that i use and i know it's quarter to the hour and we probably should have done this at the beginning What's but this, I, continent nappy control not yet thank you brett <laughs> no. that was between you and me joking. bro what are you saying come on <laughs> you gotta read your nda bro putting your dirty underwear out on the store <laughs> so no in all seriousness it's, it's there's there's physical medical <laughs> shut up You're i'm gonna turn your mics off okay you guys are done okay bye this is the B1 show all of a sudden. <laughs> so it's it's a great app actually, and this is about mental health. It's about making sure that you shop. You don't always need a Red Bull to to stay mentally fit. You, can, you don't. No, oh. surprisingly. No, uh, so I've got this app called Peak, and it is really cool, and it really does use gamification because it does. It tells me what my, what my wife's doing. It says that I've got five hundred to get the daily goal. I've got to get this to get the <laughs> weekly goal, and what it doesn't yet all those tell overachievers me, out there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What it doesn't yet tell me is that um, I'm getting dumber by not doing it. So it's always positive reinforcement. I think as soon as we start, there are certain people in society that actually need a negative reinforcement. So until they actually get some sort of shock mechanism that actually works on the on the device, these mommy these mommy things, nurturing devices, enablement devices. Yeah, the intercontinental slap. (laughs) Don't do that. Robotics changing nappies later on. That's excellent. I, I, I love this one um, piece of tech, which um, is a bit of my Star Trek kind of um, fun. Yes. You know, which is diagnostics um, or diagnosing the patient. You remember, remember in Star Trek, that little device, what is it called? The tri. The tri. Who'd you with the watch? Yeah, yeah that's that thing. The And thing it just tells you exactly mm. what. what <laughs> yeah, he just holds it up to the guy's oh, eyes and it's like, and then it. Yes, you know, remember. But yeah. I mean, apparently yeah. that's becoming quite. When he has the power. It's actually a reality, you know. So it was that was that was another little device that we could, you know, anywhere around the world, you could actually, um, again, not be the professional doctor, but just use this little device, sends it through to the doctor, and the doctor can then talk you through it but, or whatever. But that's part of that's you know, you part of it. You talk about yes. that. Sorry, Brett. No, be um, one go. Uh, going <laughs> staying with that kind of technology, and we talked about wearables <laughs> earlier. Um, yes. If you take what Apple. Is doing with the Apple Watch, mm. and they're reminding um, you to stand up and read your heart stuff. rate. <laughs> you can actually now. I know this doesn't apply to you because you won't ever be pregnant. But um, if you if you wear the Apple Watch, you can actually differentiate between your as the mother and the baby's heart. So your doctor, you don't have to go in and see a gynae. Um, they can monitor you online via your phone and both heart rates at the same time. Mm. I mean that's that's pretty good use of tech. Mm. Um, 
The other thing that I came across that I thought was just also really next level um, is the brain damage machines that they work. You know, we've said it before. We're working on, on cures for cancer and we're working on all kinds of things for AIDS and everything else. But the brain is still such – it's like Star Trek. I mean, it's like in another universe altogether. Yeah. These guys have come up with a thing called a PONS, which stands for Portable Neuromodulation Stimulator. And yeah. no, it's not linked to the electric pants. <laughs> um, and I just thought – I'm sitting in Zapper's office. I thought, well, yes. what was quite nice about it is that it uses a zap. It, it zaps you on the tongue. You stick it in your mouth. It sits on the I don't think it's the exactly the same technology, the... but I like the link. <laughs> okay. I would just, uh, we'll give you credit for the reach. <laughs> but uh, we can make anything work if we try. Uh, uh, the, yeah, sorry, carry on. The, the tongue has like – it's connected to the entire nervous system. So what they do with this is they put it in your mouth and they push off a small stimulation, electrical stimulation – on a specific nerve. So if you picture, I mean, I know this I've been, is radio, I used to do that when I was like eight and I used to put my tongue yeah, on a nine-volt battery. <laughs> and now look at you. You're sitting on a talk radio show. So kids, don't put your tongues on batteries or you'll end up like B2. So back to my Pons machine. Yes. What it does is by stimulating the right point of the tongue, okay, they can start repairing the nerves that were damaged in the accident or the bump on the head or whatever it might be. Oh, wow. And the tests that they've done to, to date are actually showing within a week vast improvement. Sure. So, you know, Parkinson's, um, if you've had a stroke and your, your right side of your face or your arm has stopped working, mm. that's nerve damage. Now you can start to re-stimulate that using a, a zap on the tongue. I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah. But that's, that's great. I mean, wearables and all these things are getting a little bit well, a lot better at at analyzing and assessing where we are. It's called a tricorder. Tricorder. A tricorder. Okay, that's, that's fact, jumping back. It could, to, it, uh, could it could work to this on a smartphone. I love Doctor Mesko's thing of the smartphone will be the hub of the future. Oh, of there medicine, it is. There, yes. Serving as a health medical dashboard. But exactly, like this is where I am because and but. Could you have one of those things on your smartphone that like so zaps as somebody, your tongue? <laughs> yes, exactly. As somebody though who, who, who builds dashboards for people, yeah, they're really only as good as you put in. Exactly. So you take that technology, do the gamification. It really is this whole big ecosystem or ecosphere of medical technology. Yes. You're going to see that a lot of these things are going to be brought in due to necessity. Yeah. Um, and just because you build it doesn't mean people will necessarily use it. No. And that's, I think, a lot of app developers have met uh, an, an awful end because of it. And, that kind of and, thinking. and marketing. <laughs> and marketing, yes. Don't forget marketing. You've got to market. But uh, technology, technology is allowing us to measure critical health parameters. And the, the, the great thing about digital space is that they're allowing us to do it in a convenient and inexpensive ways. And when you think about these these opportunities, uh, B1, you've got a lot of wearables. I mean, you used to have the Fitbit, I think, at one point, and you've got the <laughs> Apple Watch now, and everybody's wrist seems to, to vibrate. And I, I, I constantly get worried as to why people are looking at their wrist all the time. And sometimes they don't actually lift their wrist up to, to look, and it, they're constantly just looking down at their lap the whole time. I'm like, what's going on? And it's like, no, my, my, my watch is vibrating. I'm like, okay, well, that's nice for you. <laughs> But they're actually as working. long as your hands aren't in your pocket while it's vibrating, it's fine. But that's yeah, <laughs> just don't don't move it too much. The uh, phone me, phone, <laughs> phone me now, phone me now. So <laughs> the idea is that these wearables are actually passively taking a lot of this information in without us having to be that active in our lives, mm-hmm. and it's it's amazing the information we get from it. But it's about how we interpret that information, what we do with it thereafter. So I haven't really left us with much of a question again, but there's a thought in that. What's that, the question? What do we no, do with all this data? <laughs> is it saving our lives or is it wasting our time? <laughs> Don't get me started. But uh, yeah, I think the, the great thing is that as people's will, – will medical technology become open source to the point where anybody will actually be able to just download you know, the 3D printing schemes of a surgical robot and in the comfort of their own lounge perform themselves at a knee joint operator operation while I watch the next episode of The Bionic Man? <laughs> Is that the future that we're going into? Is it? Are we going to that convenient where we've already gotten rid of lawyers because of AI? We're yeah. getting rid of doctors because we've got it all plugged into what is essentially becoming this brain trust. This yeah, the this beginning collective, this put, beginning of singularity. Yeah, and you can have Mr. Delivery for parts. Hi, um, <laughs> and Mr. Del- Mr. Delivery, and Mr. Delivery approach. will be Iron Man. <laughs> He, he will be Iron Man. Prosthetic Iron Man. Exactly. It'll be a drone. No, it'll be a drone. <laughs> it'll be a drone. A pizza oven drone. A flying pizza oven. <laughs> Would you like pizza and beer with that? 
Fantastic. B1, I'm going to put you on the spot today. What do you think is going to be the wrap-up or the future look of medical technology? I know we're going to talk about this again in the future, but what do you reckon? Definitely. So I, I'm actually very excited about it. My feeling is it's quite simple. If we embrace what we have at our disposal and we use it for good and not bad, I'm pretty sure that we could come up with some really exciting things in human preservation and, more importantly, repair. How's that? That was very cool. Yeah. And what are your thoughts on the singularity? Who? The collective you. consciousness of mankind. Oh, downloading yes. our brains. In the digital space. Being done with <laughs> biological bodies and all these things. And where do we no, download this? Where do we download the brain? And where do we download the soul? And, you know, do we, do we have USB sticks? Yeah, do we have I'll, USB I'll sticks for our emotions? Does Google really have soul, man? <laughs> exactly. Can I tell you why? Can I tell you why I never want that to happen to me? Because I'll be downloaded onto a flash drive, and what's going to happen is someone's going to stick it into a Windows machine, and it's going to go, drive not compatible, and that's me, gone. Yeah, format. We need to scan it for viruses, and then you're dead. Thanks for coming. Yeah, how many times have you accidentally deleted your life? Exactly. The, the new version of the Darwin Awards. It'll be called the Bill Gates Awards. Jono, thank you. Jono, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, in the office, in the office today. In the office, in the, it the, feels like the, the office sometimes. <laughs> in the in the studio today on the show. Um, it's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm I'm very fascinated with remote care. I think the future is all about how we can care remotely. Yeah. Um, I think that a lot of the solutions seem to be around that, and and how that can also be affordable and get to people that really need it that can't afford it. So, yeah. Excellent. Cool. Well, we're about to wrap up. If you have heard the show and you have some uh, idea of some tech trends that are shaping the future of medicine, let us know. We want to have you on the show. We want to talk about this because it's stuff that really does affect us as human beings. While we are still in our bodies, let's keep them as fit as we can. And B1, until next time, are you still there? B1 has left the building. B1 has left the building. So, until next time, keep your screens clean and your knobs shiny. Cliff Central. The revolution. I've got something important to tell you. Cliffcentral.com.